Dear listener, it's a great day that you choose to join me. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. This is your favorite new life program with interesting segments just for you. Part 1 will be having the family life segment by Pastor Kigundu Ndwiga. Today, we will talk about 12 steps to forgiveness. Thereafter, we'll be having the Bible segment by Pastor Lee Kimani. Today's topic is about the leading shepherd. Before that, here's a song, Tengenezeni Mapito, by Revelation Ministers. That you've been blessed with that lovely song. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Pastor Kigundu. Welcome, Pastor. listener we want to welcome you again to our abundant life series it is based on john 10 verse 10 where jesus promised abundant life when we talk about this abundant life we are convinced it also encompasses the area of marriage and today i want us to talk about the 12 steps to forgiveness Dear listener, where there is marital unfaithfulness, we need to seriously heed the call to forgive our erring spouses so that we can bring healing and the needed reconciliation. Well, forgiveness seems almost unnatural because our sense of fairness tells us that people should pay for their wrongs. But we need to understand what forgiveness is. Webster's Dictionary defines forgiveness this way. 
to give up resentment against, stop being angry with, to pardon, give up all claim to punish, overlook, cancel a debt. That's an awful lot to ask a person whose spouse has been unfaithful. But forgiveness is setting a prisoner free. The surprise is, once you are forgiven, you discover that the real prisoner who has been freed is yourself, not the person who has hurt you. You become free of bitterness and free to enjoy your present and your future. Forgiveness is a response to an injustice. It is a turning, goodwill, a masterful restraint from pursuing resentment or revenge. Forgiveness is paradoxical, the opposite of what comes naturally because it is human and natural to be resentful and require others to pay a price for their wrongdoings. Yes, the person who wronged us should pay for the wrong they have committed. They owe us something. The problem is there is no price high enough. Sorry, the problems. The sorry, the problem is there is no price high enough that would pay for this injustice. So we make a decision to cancel their debt anyway. You see, it's like bankruptcy laws. In the old days, if you borrowed money and couldn't repay it, you are thrown into debtor's prison. Some people came along and said, "Hey, wait a minute, this isn't fair." Just because someone really messed up once and can't repay their debt doesn't mean they are a bad person and will never be able to get it right in the future. Let's cancel all their debts, give them a second chance, and hope they have learned a lesson from this experience. That's what bankruptcy is. Now, when you go bankrupt, they just don't let you start over as if nothing happened. You see, you have no credit at all. You can't borrow a cent. You have to start building from zero, and you have to be accountable for all your action. You have to send in a monthly report of your income and your expenditure to the trustee, and show that you are managing your money well and paying your bills for a period of time before they discharge you. Bankruptcy laws are a beautiful thing. Giving people a second chance is much better than forcing them to live in prison for the rest of their lives, and most people go on to live productive lives after bankruptcy. So forgiveness is cancelling a debt. You don't deserve it, but the person decides to give you a second chance to believe in you and give you a fresh start. Now I want us to understand what forgiveness is not. Dear listener, forgiveness is not. Condoning the wrong behavior, forgiveness is not forgetting about it. Forgiveness is not denial, pretending it didn't happen. Forgiveness does not mean the pain has gone away. To truly forgive, we must be aware of an important distinction. Forgiveness is not reconciliation with a person. Reconciliation is different. Forgiveness is one person's moral response to another person's injustice, and now I want us to look at the twelve steps to forgiveness. Number one: write down the name of the person you need to forgive. Number two: acknowledge how hurt you are and even the hatred you may feel towards this person for what they have done. Number three. Think of the times in your own life when your wrong actions have hurt and disappointed others. We also owed a debt we couldn't pay. 
None of us is perfect. None of us is without fault. It is much easier to forgive others when we bear in mind our own weaknesses and failings. We are all in need of forgiveness from time to time. Number four, decide you'll bear the burden of the person's wrongdoing. In other words, your spouse's affair is causing you tremendous pain. That's the burden. Be brave and decide you'll face that pain rather than attempting to escape from it. As you do, the pain will begin to subside. Decide to be bigger and better than the situation at hand. Do what's right and the situation will in time be turned in your favor. Remember that doing good sometimes includes confrontation. Doing good is not tolerating injustice. Number five, take your piece of paper and write, I forgive, and then, you know, fill in the person's name for, write it all down, and it made me feel, write it all down. Then number six, make a decision to forgive. Say it aloud. I make a decision right now to forgive. And, you know, you write, verbalize the situation. Take as long as you need to. And please be real. And ask for divine help if you need to. Number seven. And this is interesting. Destroy the list. Rip the paper or better yet, burn it. Number eight, do not expect that your decision to forgive will result in major changes in the other person. Number nine, try to understand the person you are forgiven. What is their point of view? How do they feel? Why did they do what they did? What have their life experiences been that have made them vulnerable to such temptation and wrongdoing? Number ten, Expect positive results of forgiveness in you. Knowing forgiveness sets you free from the past and significantly reduces vulnerability to physical... So, so, sorry. sorry, sorry. No forgiveness sets you free from the past and significantly reduces vulnerability. Sorry. It reduces vulnerability to physical sicknesses in you. It reduces the amount of toxins in your body and forgiveness will make you healthier. Number 11. Think of what you have learned through this experience and ask yourself, what could you do better in future? How can you help others going through the same or similar pain? It helps when you can redeem some meaning or purpose out of all the pain and the mess. It feels much better when we can think this sorry it feels much better when we can think it was not for nothing that it was not meaningless the ability to, to the ability sorry the ability to, to empathize with others going through similar pain is an important benefit we gain from forgiveness and lastly number 12 Please be sure to accept your part of the blame for the offenses you suffered where applicable. Do not accept the blame for your spouse's affair, but accept the blame for your part in your relationship breakdown. That is very hard to do, but when it is finally done, it brings tremendous inner healing. 
As we conclude, dear listener, I want to remind you, forgiving something as major as betrayal is a process. It takes time to process all of our emotions, anger, grief, and sadness. The important thing is to be moving forward from whatever point we are at. It is healthy to give yourself appropriate time to process your emotions when forgiving infidelity. Dear listener, forgiving is hard, but remember nothing is impossible with God. that you've enjoyed that family life segment this is a new life program coming to you from adventist world radio the voice of hope do not forget to send us your views comments or questions about the program by writing to the producer adventist world radio p.o box 422-76-00-100-Nairobi-Kenya-or-email-us-through-awr-nairobi-at-ek.adventist.org. Let us now hear from Revelation Ministers with the song Tumejawa Nafadaha. Tu vivi che tu vivi, tu ti acquando 
shasha Tukizunguka kiti kile cha enzi Itakuwa sikitiko kwa wale wapenda nasa Wana ata wafurusha nende nisi wajui Tukifika jumbi nguni tutakwa na bashasha Tukizunguka kiti kile cha enzi Itakuwa sikitiko kwa wale wapenda nasa Wana ata wafurusha nende nisi wajui again for staying tuned to our station it is time for the bible segment pastor kimani welcome and bless us with the word hello my friend i am thankful that you have taken time to listen to the voice of God today. Today, I would like to share with you a passage of encouragement, a passage that is very familiar to very many of us, a passage that will give us comfort in the tough times that we're going through. This is Psalm 23. I would like to read it to you for a moment as we go through this journey together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we read this passage, 
David, who wrote this passage, understands what a shepherd is and what he does. In today's language, you may not quite clearly understand what it means. But in those days, when David spoke of a shepherd, a shepherd is someone who really cares deeply for his sheep. A shepherd is someone who takes time to protect his sheep. A shepherd is someone who, while sheep are resting and while sheep are asleep at night, he stays up late watching for safety, watching to protect them and preparing tomorrow, their tomorrow and caring for them and knowing where they shall go, where they shall find water, where they shall be able to, to walk through the day so that they can find blessings. Today's shepherd is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is promising you, my friend, this, this, at this moment, that wherever you are, he cares for you. David begins by saying that the Lord is my shepherd. This is my personal shepherd. It's not somebody else's shepherd. It is my personal shepherd. And I pray today that you will allow God and the Lord Jesus to be your personal shepherd, one who cares for every need. It doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter your experience. I want you to know that God cares for you. David says that when the Lord is my personal shepherd, then I can rest in peace. Then I can rest my life in his hands because I I shall not be in want. Why? On account of his name and the fact that he is my shepherd, then every need that I have will be supplied. The first thing the psalmist says is that he will make me to lie down in green pastures. When I have Jesus on my side, in spite of the economic hard times that we're going through, in spite of the economic difficulties and the trials that we are experiencing today, he says that he will make me to lie down in green pastures. Now, God may not provide you and me with millions of shillings, millions of dollars, millions of money or wealth or property, but he has promised us that he will provide for our daily needs. He also says that when he is my shepherd, then I will have peace in this world where there is no peace. I will find grace and peace when everybody else is anxious and trying to find places where they can find peace. My peace is in my shepherd. So as I begin this psalm, I see that the psalmist is saying, it doesn't matter where we are. The first thing we have to know is that while he, the Lord is my shepherd, he will lead you. And the psalmist says that in spite of your circumstances, God is here to lead you and to map out your path and your future, where you are going and where you are headed. He will keep you going. There are times in our lives, they come to a time in our lives, we come to the crossroads of our lives. There is darkness all around us. We are not too sure where the next meal will come from. We're not even too sure that we have a place to lay our heads tomorrow. We're not too sure that uh, our children will have the things that they need to go to school or they will have something to care for them for their future. In those moments, darkness seems to envelop our lives. And here is where the psalmist say, I can see my God as he leads me through the rough passages and the narrow crevices of life. But I look to my side and and here is God walking with me and lifting me up even when I cannot see where I'm going. Even when my life sometimes is filled with tears and tears of sorrow, tears of anxiety, tears of anguish. says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my Lord and my God is there with me. So the psalmist says not only is my Lord leading me. 
I hope today that the Lord is going to lead you. I hope when you walk through your passage of life today, he not only leads you, but he also he will stand by your side. And then also he turns around and says, it is not just enough to be led. It is not just enough for the Lord to stand by my side. It is also important that the Lord stands behind me. The psalmist says that in spite of all the enemies who are around me, Satan who is trying to take away your life and the stress of life that is coming around you, he prepares a table in the presence of your enemy. Meaning that whatever you are going through, he is going to be there for you. He is going to provide for you. He will send somebody to walk with you. He will send a word of comfort. He will send somebody to wipe away your tears. He will send somebody and he will prepare a table so that your enemies will marvel at the God whom you serve. Not only that, he says that he will anoint your head with oil. This anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life means that you are God's accepted child and that this cup will overflow. Your blessings of joy will continue to overflow. And then he finally concludes by saying, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy are two interchangeable words that mean that God's love is permanently around you. God's love will permanently shield you. God's love will chase you wherever you will go and will cover you and comfort you. So my friend today, I want to assure you that the Lord, when he is your shepherd, when God is with you, when he calls you by name, when you say that you're a child of God, he'll make provisions for your life. Not only that, he will lead you through the treacherous paths of this life that we are living today. Our tomorrow is not assured. Our day is not certain, but when we are in God's hand, he's able to lead us so that we can find comfort. So God will lead you. God will stand by your side in your moment of need and God will be behind you, meaning today you are totally covered by the love and the grace of God. It is my prayer today, my friend, that you will find peace in him as you pledge and you commit your life to him. I pray that you will walk with him as he holds your hand and as you gui he guides you to restore you and to walk with you through the passages of life. May God give you peace. May God give you comfort. I may continue to walk with you through the days of your life and especially throughout this day. I would like to just offer a short prayer for you to let you know that God cares for you. Thank you, Father, for being with us and for speaking to us these few moments. I pray to my listener, my friend, at this moment that you will meet him and or her where they are today you will walk with them you will give them peace you will meet them at the point of need and you will share with them that you love them and you care for them thank you for being with them is my prayer in jesus name amen are grateful for the time you have accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send us views and comments to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I have been your presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe.
स्टे ब्लेस्ड